Finding the motivation to work out and eat healthy has always been a struggle for me, and that all changed once I found MyFitnessPal. And I know I also thought it was just for counting calories, but MyFitnessPal actually teaches me about my nutrition and fitness habits and helps me create new ones that stick. What's more motivating than that? MyFitnessPal isn't a rigid diet plan. Instead, you gradually learn from personalized data what works for you. And if your version of healthy looks different from mine or someone else's, that's okay. The whole point is helping you find the best path for your goals. Even better is a MyFitnessPal premium membership. I have one and I get custom tools and expert guidance to help me reach my personal health goals my way. App customization lets you choose the right settings to help you meet your individual goals. So if you're into macro tracking, low carb, heart health, etc., you can stick to it more easily. Premium's deeper nutritional insights help you discover which foods fuel you best. I really have to tell you about the aha moment I had when using MyFitnessPal. Ever since I tried MyFitnessPal, I have had nothing but great enhancements to my daily life. I have had this new burst of energy, so I'm able to do more with my family. And the old me would be wanting to take naps all day. With MyFitnessPal, you're not doing it alone. You have access to guided daily workout and meal plans written by dietitians and exercise scientists, plus support from other members with shared goals and experiences. MyFitnessPal does way more than count calories. For a limited time, they are offering listeners three months of their premium membership for free. Already a member? No problem. You can still claim this offer. Get your premium membership by going to crimesalad.com dot myfitnesspal.com and use code crime salad to get three months for free that's crime salad dot m-y-f-i-t-n-e-s-s-p-a-l.com code crime salad crime salad dot myfitnesspal.com Hey, Crime Salad listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Crime Salad. I'm your host, Ashley, and with me always is my partner in crime, Ricky. I'm good. You're good? (laughs) I didn't ask you a question. Oh, sorry. (laughs) But I do have a question for you. Okay. How's your holiday shopping going? Did you get me anything yet? No, it's like this whole dilemma, and I'm sure so many people are experiencing this. It's like you have my bank account. You have my Amazon login. Like, how do I freaking buy something without you knowing what I bought you? Even (laughs) even if I buy it on PayPal, you're going to be like, what was that PayPal transaction? Not to mention the PayPal transaction sends a notification to an email that you also have. It's like, how do I even... Do this. I guess I have to get cash. Yeah. You know, ah. you know what's funny is like I used to work at a bank and literally there was a couple who um, had different bank accounts just for the holidays. Like just, just for the holidays? Just to buy them gifts for like birthday and stuff. Yeah. I was mm. like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. If you guys have any tips for Ricky, let him know because. I don't even know what to get you, honestly. You buy everything for yourself anyways. <laughs> But um, our holiday shopping is going pretty well. I know I'm taking care of mostly of the kids' stuff and the family stuff. So I know exactly what you're going to say. 
<laughs> Ricky is usually just as surprised as the kids are Christmas morning because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he really has no clue what the heck I'm buying on Amazon. I mean, most of the things I do know, like the bigger items, I'm like, yeah, let's get this or whatever. But it's like you buy the little stuff, like the stuff that's just like to open it to like never touch it again. It'll probably get thrown out. <laughs> You know, so you have like multiple items instead of like two big items. But yeah, I never know what they are. So yeah. I'm always like, what is it? Brayden. For what you get. All right. Well, we have two patrons to shout out. We have Jesse and Stacy. Thank you guys both so much for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash crime salad podcast. You insist on saying patron. Patron. <laughs> what is it? Patron. It's just patron. Patron. <laughs> Patron. <laughs> I like Patron. That's kind of funny. So Jesse and Stacy, they're on their way to getting an exclusive Cramsaw podcast sticker. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of people are. I think there's like a whole list right now. There's like eight or nine people that are getting them like in the next couple of days, actually. Sweet. And it's a pretty nice size sticker. It's pretty big. Yeah. I kind of want I tried. One. I made it the biggest it could be. Like, I think a lot of people are probably like, why is this so big? But it's like, hey, like. Do you want it like some tiny so where can little you put sticker? A, where can you put a sticker that big, like on the back of your car? Is that what you're thinking people could do? Maybe. <laughs> Wherever you want to put it. I would like to point out, though, that patrons get ad-free listening. What? Yeah. Nothing. Uh, they don't have one ad. You're telling me this now? Yeah. After I've been listening to ads I for know. just, oh my goodness, that's awesome. And how much yeah. is it? It, and maybe it's not you. Maybe everyone needs to know this. And Wait, so how how much is it? I don't know. It's a dollar a month. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, we have any... Do we have any more announcements? No. We're having another episode next week. I thought you were going to say baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we said enough. Uh, let's jump into this week's episode. It's a good one. As a warning, this case includes a graphic description of abuse of a child that may make some listeners uncomfortable. Listener's discretion is advised. The story of missing six-year-old Isabella Kalua, also known as Ariel, has been in the news for months. The community is holding on to hope. Here at Nanakuli Beach Park, dozens of community members showed up for a candlelight vigil Monday night, brought to tears, and praying that the six-year-old will be found. Crime Stoppers offered a $1,000 reward for information, and anonymous donor raised it to 11000 Now, it sits at $15,000. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Ben Moskowitz. I'm the commander of the Honolulu Police Department Criminal Investigation Division. I would like to remind you that our investigation into this incident is still extremely active and is far from over. However, it's also no secret that the news media and certainly certain community groups have been very forthcoming with criticism about our uh, efforts or lack of efforts, as the case may have been. There have been some headlines in the past month that it's been frustrating from our side to, to read. Things such as a family of missing six-year-olds say not enough is known about So think back to when you were six years old. Let's think best case scenario. You were loved by whoever took care of you. You look back on memories of your childhood. And besides the typical sibling fights over the remote or attention-seeking yell to mom, he's touching me, life wasn't too bad. Your favorite snacks were always available. Your go-to was chocolate milk and maybe cereal and some cartoons to watch. You had so much ahead of you. 
And you never had a reason to not trust anyone. Your biggest fear was the thought of some creature living under your bed. Your job at the time was just to be a kid and go to school to learn and socialize with your friends. Now, imagine the opposite of that. You're six years old and you're living in complete hell. A hell that you have no control of because you're just a kid. This fall, Isabella Kalua's parents reported their six-year-old adopted daughter missing. The ultimate fear for any parent. After searching for Isabella for eight long weeks, an arrest was made suddenly. Just a few weeks ago on November 10th, the very people who reported her missing were charged with second-degree murder. With much of this case still unfolding, we'll try to give you the most up-to-date information. Unfortunately, there's still so much we don't know about how Isabella went missing and the allegations against those who promised to care for her. And also to note that this investigation is still ongoing from the time that this episode was recorded. Isabella Kalua, or to her biological family, Ariel Sellers, still hasn't been found. The search for her body still continues. The small coastal town of Waimanalo in Oahu, Hawaii, is known for its local flavor in large, beautiful green agricultural fields and gorgeous white sand beaches. There are no hotels in the area, which leaves the town made up of only locals, less than 6,000 people. The rural community, commonly called Naolo, is a peaceful place with a tight-knit community. But for Isabella Kalua, a six-year-old girl living there, life was anything but peaceful. Isabella had been born with the name Ariel Sellers and was the fourth daughter of 33-year-old Melanie Joseph and her former boyfriend, Adam Sellers. For as much as Melanie and Adam loved Ariel, they also deeply struggled with drug addiction, which often left them homeless. Despite attempts to help from their family, Adam and Melanie couldn't care for Ariel in the way that she needed. So the state intervened and she was placed into foster care. Now, this wasn't the first time that Melanie or Adam had lost a child to the foster care system. Three other children had been taken from their custody over the last few years. Ariel Sellers was placed in the care of Isaac Sonny Kalua and his wife Lehua. Isaac and Lehua were caring for three of Ariel's siblings as well, so it seemed fitting to put her in with this family. Once she was moved into the Kalua house, she was no longer Area Sellers, but Isabella Kalua. The Kaluas lived on Pua Street in Waimanalo, only a short distance from where Melanie's mother and Isabella's grandmother lived. Isaac worked at the Pearl Harbor Navy Shipyard, and Lehua spent her time taking care of their four adopted children. Isabella had been fostered by the Kaluas for four years before being adopted in 2018, the same year as another one of her siblings. Isaac and Lehua had adopted her eldest sibling in 2009 and adopted the fourth child in early 2020. 
What is frustrating with period care is how uncomfortable feminine products can be and how frequently you have to change them. If you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, and the planet, you've got to try Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. There's the Flex Disc, which is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. One Flex Disc can be worn up to 12 hours and holds as much flow as three super tampons. It's not a cup, and it's better than a tampon. It's unlike any other period product you've ever seen before. It's a flexible disc that feels like nothing, and, and it collects rather than absorbs. Plus, you can wear it for mess-free period sex. Your white sheets will thank you. We deal with this every month, ladies. It's 2021. Making the switch to Flex has been life-changing. I feel like I'm basically skipping my period without actually skipping it. Flex discs also create 60% less waste compared to pads and tampons. So yes, you can consider using Flex your environmental good deed. And if you want to go zero waste and have the planet love you even more, pick up the Flex Cup, a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes Flex the only cup on the market that removes like a tampon. It's so easy, you already know how to use it. It's disability friendly and made with beginners in mind. It's velvety soft, completely body safe, and lasts for years. With helpful videos, in-depth diagrams, GIFs, and Flex perts available to walk you through the entire process. You'll never go back to products from the past once you try Flex. So say goodbye to cramps, put sex back on the table, and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash crime salad and use code crime salad for 20% off Flex Disc starter kits or 10% off your first Flex cup plus free U.S. shipping. That's code crime salad at flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash crime salad. As the year ends, another holiday season is upon us. And for many of us, that means travel and family. I don't know about you, but the stress of the holiday season. Sometimes it feels like we're on the movie with the Griswolds when it comes to family gatherings. Tis the season to be jolly, but sometimes it just doesn't feel that way. And that's okay. Ease some of the burdens the holiday season can bring with Talkspace Online Therapy. You will love Talkspace because it's available the day you sign up. So when you're having an off day and need to talk things out, Talkspace is there. I believe in talking out your thoughts can really benefit your mental health. And it's super easy to match with a licensed therapist or schedule a session. There's no judgment. Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better with a single message. Set goals with your Talkspace therapist and develop techniques to cope in difficult times. Talkspace offers individual therapy, couples therapy, and medication prescription services. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform. There are thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Talkspace works around your schedule at your convenience with live video sessions and unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist. If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year or want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code CRIMESALAD. That's $100 off when you use code CRIMESALAD at Talkspace.com. In the years that Isabella lived with the Kaluas, she was no stranger to the emergency room. 
In 2019, she had broken a finger, which her adopted parents said happened after it had gotten slammed in a door. In 2020, she had broken a leg from a trampoline accident, according to Isaac. Though Child Protective Services investigated each of these incidents, they found no maltreatment. But something had to have been missed during these investigations. There were so many red flags popping up, but it was just another instance that let her abusers get away with their evil doings. Over the years, Isabella had also been allowed to visit with her birth mother, Melanie. Melanie loved to see her daughter, but she often noticed bruises or bumps on her daughter that caused her concern. With Adam, Isabella's biological father in a rehabilitation program, and Isabella being officially adopted by the Kaluas, Melanie didn't think that there was anything she could do about it. It was at the time that Isabella Kalua just turned six years old. She started kindergarten at Waimanalo Elementary School for the 2020-2021 school year. She was excited to be able to make new friends and learn, but the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic quickly dashed any dreams of an in-person learning. To protect students, Y Manalo Elementary School had students do distant learning, meaning that Isabella did all of her schoolwork at home with Isaac and Lehua. After half a year of distance learning at public school, the Kaluas filed paperwork to withdraw Isabella from the school so that they could homeschool her. From then, things got only worse for Isabella Kalua. On the morning of September 13th, 2021, the police in Waimanalo received a call from Isaac and Leua Kalua. They had woken up that morning only to find Isabella was missing from her bed. Isaac told police that they had put her to bed around 9 p.m. the night before, tucking her in like usual in her bedroom at their home on Pua Street. Lehua told police that when she went to check on Isabella between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. the next morning, she noticed that the side door of the house was closed but unlocked. She then went up to Isabella's room, and that's when she noticed that her adopted daughter wasn't there. Isaac corroborated the story. He told police that he had seen Isabella last around 7 p.m. in the kitchen after they had finished dinner. He had gone to sleep around 8 or 8.30 p.m., leaving Lehua to put the children to bed. He said that he was woken up by his wife around 6.30 that morning when she screamed that Isabella was missing. The Kaluas told police that they think that Isabella got up out of bed herself and wandered out of the house in the middle of the night. According to them, this was something that Isabella did frequently, but usually she didn't get very far and was able to return back home safely. But as they couldn't find her now, the Kaluas were afraid that she had been abducted. Without any other evidence and time taking to find Isabella, the police quickly put together a search party, asking for members of the community to come and help. They shared pictures of Isabella and told volunteers to look for a little girl, three foot three, wearing a black hoodie, black leggings, colorful socks, and pink soled Nike slides. 
Hundreds of locals gathered to help to find the missing six-year-old. Combing through the beaches, neighborhoods, and busiest parts of the town, they found a few items of interest, including an old photo album, but nothing that could definitely tell them where Isabella had gone. For eight long days, the Hawaii Police Department, the Honolulu FBI, and hundreds of volunteers from the community scoured the small town for any sign of Isabella Kalua. During the search, many noted the strange absence of Isaac and Lehua Kalua. Why weren't Isabella's parents out doing more to help find her? Isabella's biological family, including her aunt, had come out to search, but her adoptive parents couldn't be bothered. The lawyer for the Kaluas tried to explain their lack of participation in the search by saying that it was because they were receiving death threats. It wasn't safe for them to be helping out or be in public. So what about their daughter, who's missing and possibly not safe? This was a huge red flag right away. The Kaluas also shared that their lawyer had advised them not to talk to any press, leaving journalists without any word on how they were feeling. The Kaluas' lack of public engagement made rumors swirl, and many started to speculate that they might know more than they were letting on. In addition to the search party and interviewing anyone with a connection to Isabella, the police also considered the Kalua's theory that Isabella had simply left the house of her own volition that night. Investigators spent weeks combing through the surveillance footage from around the area that night. But surprisingly, six-year-old Isabella wasn't seen on any of the footage from around town, even footage taken right near her home on Pua Street. In fact, the last time any surveillance footage showed Isabella was in mid-August, a month earlier than she was being reported missing. With little proof that Isabella had wandered off, police considered the possibility that someone had broken in and taken her from her bed while she was sleeping. But there was no evidence that supported that theory either. To investigators, it was beginning to become clear that Isabella Kalua had never even left the house during the night of September 13, 2021. Because of this, the police shifted their attention to the only logical suspects, Isaac Sonny Kalua and his wife Lehua Kalua. With a new perspective after months of searching and interviewing, the police publicly announced a shift in their investigation. Initially, Isabella's case was classified as a missing persons, with the possibility of foul play not ruled out. But based on the new evidence and lack thereof, Isabella Kalua's disappearance was now being treated as a homicide investigation. Match three games can be a lot of fun, but it seems like most of them are the same. The themes and characters change, but overall, it's the same boring format until now. Switchcraft is a brand new take on Match 3 games. As you play, you unlock pieces of a beautiful, magical, and gripping graphic novel. Switchcraft is a mobile game with a unique blend of TV-worthy writing, choose-your-own-adventure-style narrative, and thousands of magical Match 3 levels. 
In Switchcraft, you'll take on the role of a witch at Pendleton Hill, the world's top academy of witchcraft. Play your way through hundreds of enchanting mastery levels, revealing a dark and winding mystery story. It all starts with the disappearance of your best friend. Now it's up to you to unravel the mystery of her disappearance using your magical mastery skills. Along the way, you'll find unique characters, a gripping story, and even a little romance. The best part is that your choices in the game determine the outcome of the story, so you're in the driver's seat. Download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. Papoon Barkley understands wanting the absolute best for the people we care about most. It all started with a son trying to help his father find relief from debilitating pain so he could get his life back. Today, they're still putting the same care into improving lives with award-winning CBD solutions for discomfort, stress, sleep, and everyday wellness. Papa and Barkley founder Adam Grossman created the groundbreaking relief balm to ease his father's debilitating back pain. From that powerful homemade balm, Papa and Barkley has expanded to a full line of tropical balms, oils, tinctures, and capsules, all made with 100% natural, clean ingredients in whole plant, full-spectrum CBD. Today, they're the number one cannabis wellness company in California, and with their new CBD relief line, they can ship nationwide. Their CBD relief balm delivers hours of comfort with simple plant-based ingredients. In an at-home use test with over 300 participants, users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week of using the balm. The award-winning CBD oil Relief Drops is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting a good night's sleep. Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. Go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash crime salad for 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off for new customers at papaandbarkleycbd.com slash crime salad. It's a question that many people have is, is there some digging going on on the property? If you can talk about that. Um, and why not do it sooner, right, within the first days, weeks? So basically, every person has a right to their house. You can't just go in and start searching unless you have authorization. At some point in the initial investigation, the Kaluas were both pretty cooperative. And then eventually they weren't. In the early morning hours of November 10th, 2021, after Isabella had been officially missing for nearly a month, neighbors reported seeing members of the Honolulu Police Department and the FBI arrive at the Kalua's house. They were dressed in full riot gear and had brought search dogs with them. Neighbors watched as agents collected beds, boxes of items, and even a vacuum cleaner for evidence. With nothing like this having happened in a long time in the small town of Waimanalo, rumors quickly spread about what went down. Some reported hearing gunfire and explosions. Others saw men with shields run into the house. Someone recalled hearing police yell for someone to get out of the car. 
police tried their best to disprove these rumors, saying that the commotion was only of the SWAT teams entering the house. By the end of the raid, one thing was clear. Lehua and Isaac Kalua were under arrest. Lehua had been home while the police arrived and was arrested on the spot. Another group of investigators went to Isaac's work at the Pearl Harbor shipyard, where he was also arrested. Later that evening, investigators held a press conference to announce the arrests and to clear up any confusion. During the conference, police shared that they believed Isabella had been murdered by her adopted parents long before she was reported missing. They estimated that she must have died sometime in mid-August that year. And because she was homeschooled, the Kaluas were able to keep her disappearance a secret for so long. The interim chief of police told residents of Waimanalo that while they hadn't recovered any of Isabella's remains, they were certain, based on the evidence that they did find, the Kaluas and no one else were responsible for what had happened to their adopted daughter. And given that it's only been a few weeks since Lehua and Isaac's arrest, police have yet to disclose much of the evidence that led them to implicating the Kaluas, and the couple is not confessing to anything yet. It has been reported, though, that the FBI has dug up the backyard of the Kaluas' house looking for the young girl's remains. They have also searched in manholes on the streets nearby the house. Although most of the information has not yet been made public, it seems that the big break in the case came from an interview with Isabella's older sister, who has not been named to protect her identity and privacy as a minor. Isabella's 12-year-old biological sister spoke to detectives on November 5th, five days before the raid and the arrest, and the day before what would have been Isabella's seventh birthday. Her story implicates both Lehua and Isaac and places Isabella's time of death nearly a month before she was reported missing by her parents, confirming the police's suspicions. According to Isabella's sister's testimony, she recalled that her adoptive parents had woken her up around 3.30 in the morning, sometime around the 21st of August. When she got up, she saw her sister in a dog cage with duct tape over her mouth and nose. She could tell that Isabella wasn't breathing. Lehua then took Isabella's limp body out of the cage, filled up the bathtub with water, and placed her body in there. Lehua told the watching sister that she thought this would wake Isabella up, but when she didn't move or start breathing again, it was clear that she was dead. Panicking, Lehua demanded that the sister go back to bed and made her promise that she would never tell anyone what she had seen or what had happened to Isabella. Afraid and traumatized, Isabella's sister did what she was told. She wasn't able to tell the police what had happened to Isabella after that. While this is the testimony of a young child, which is often considered unreliable in court, it does match up with some of the evidence that they had gathered on Isaac, Lehua, and Isabella's whereabouts. The last footage they have of Isabella is from August 18th, around the time the sister recalled seeing her dead. On the 19th, Isaac went to work, but he had the following day off. During the day on the 21st, Isaac went to the doctors saying that he was showing symptoms of COVID. 
He was then given a two-week quarantine with time off work. He didn't return to work until the 7th of September, just days before they called the police to report Isabella missing. According to Isabella's sister, she believes that Isaac had faked having COVID so he could use the time to help his wife hide their daughter's body. According to her sister, that horrific night was not the first time she's seen Isabella in a dog cage or with duct tape over her mouth. Duct tape that very well could have came from Isaac's work at the shipyard. The Kaluas reportedly had been aggressive about keeping Isabella from eating. The duct tape was put on her to stop her. The sister had told the police that her mom had bought a dog cage online and would frequently keep Isabella in there because Isabella would sneak food at night. But she would only do this because Lehua wasn't feeding the growing girl what she needed. Her sister tried to sneak food to Isabella at times, but this only led to her getting in trouble with Lehua too. Now, what Ricky just told you is a glimpse of pure evil. What's even more alarming about the situation is that this wasn't the only time there had been allegations of violence or mistreatment of minors against the Kaluas. In speaking with CWS, about their involvement and what their process is. Uh, once adoptions are completed, the CWS involvement in the case kind of scales way back. So they're not conducting the same level of checks or things like that um, that they would prior to an adoption. In 2019, Isabella alleged that they were starving and beating her, but nothing was done because of this. This innocent girl at only six years old most likely went through so much more than what we will ever know. She had to have been confused as to why the very people who were to give her a good life treated her with so much evil. And her long history of ER visits, which were deemed not to have come from mistreatment, looks quite different in the light of this new knowledge. And now we're at this point have the Kluas been harming Isabella the entire time that she was in their care? Given that the couple fostered and adopted multiple children, it's also incredibly shocking to learn that Isaac Kalua and Leua Kalua each have decade-long criminal pasts. Since 2001, Isaac had pleaded guilty to one count of first-degree terroristic threatening, two counts of second-degree assault, one count of attempted second-degree assault. And in 2000, Lehua was indicted on felony drug promotion, but the charges were dismissed after she finished a drug treatment ordered by the court. New documents show that on September 10th, days before they reported Isabella missing, Lehua had begun the process of filing for bankruptcy as well. With years of documented abuse, financial failings, and a long history of violence, how did this couple find themselves in the care of four young children? Now, thankfully, all of Isabella's siblings have been taken out of the Kalua's care. Since their arrest only a few weeks ago, Lehua and Isaac Kalua have been held without bail. They now both have public defenders and have pleaded not guilty. Isabella's siblings are in custody of child welfare services, with the possibility of going to live with their biological grandmother. 
A family friend of the Kaluas, who is also an attorney, has spoken out to explain that child services will always take the other children away in cases like this, but it does not say anything about their guilt. The police are still looking for more information in this case. They are especially interested in talking to anyone who may have had contact with Isabella or her family in August or September to help them piece together the timeline. They also are hoping for any member of the public who was aware or witness to any abuse or neglect by the parents to come forward to help corroborate this story. The preliminary hearing was held on November 26th, though little news has been released on how that went. We do know that if the Kaluas are convicted, they will each face life in prison as the maximum sentence. Furthermore, because Isabella was younger than nine, at only age six years old when she was last seen, they may not be given the possibility of parole either. Besides the growing case against the Kaluas, there may be another lawsuit upcoming. There are rumors that Isabella's biological mother may sue the state of Hawaii as a result of her daughter's death. The state was responsible for making sure that she was placed in a safe home, and they obviously failed. Isabella's biological aunt has also spoken out, saying that all the options are still on the table. She and the family just want justice for Isabella and want to make sure that this doesn't happen to any more children. I want to let everyone know that despite the criticism reported by some of the media, we have never stopped our investigation. Ariel was never forgotten. Ultimately, if the evidence is only what we know now, even as clear as it might seem, legally the state has a difficult case to win. Their star witness is a child, Isabella's 12-year-old sister. And as far as we know, Isabella's body has not been found. So proving cause of death, time of death, or that she's even dead at all may be difficult. We hope that with raised awareness, someone will come forward with more information on the Kalua's vile behavior, and Isabella's body will be found so that her biological family can lay her to rest. Anyone with information about this case is asked to call Honolulu Crime Stoppers at 808-955-8300. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect.